Hi, welcome to episode 19 of Book Off Banter. We're absolutely over the moon to have a guest on the show this week. But before we introduce her, we're going to have a quick catch up on what little news we've probably got. <laughs> Carla, have you done anything exciting? Well, on, on Monday, I ate three tubes of Pringles. Um, and I think, that's, I think that's pretty much it. Well, obviously I, I go to work as well so um i've had all that to contend with as well what and, flavor um, pringles um well they're all different so i had barbecue salt and vinegar and cheese cheese and chives it was no oh, sour cream they're the dream oh they're they're really good aren't they yeah um so a little bit disgusted for myself and then i thought sod it it's it's the apocalypse it doesn't yeah. matter so if you can't uh, eat three yeah. tubes of pringles now when can you I was very thirsty. I'll have you know that. I was very <laughs> thirsty. <laughs> but um, so obviously my, my work is completely on its head. And uh, I, to, I don't know from day to day. I'd actually last Friday, I was walking around and, and I was just bobbing around the house. And then someone went, um, are you not going to get ready for work? And I was like, what do you mean? He went, you're meant to be at work in a bit. And I'd not forgotten that I was at work but I'd convinced myself I wasn't at work till half four and I was supposed to be there at half two um, so I'm <laughs> fine because it. it's not like the NHS needs you or anything at the minute no, I mean, exactly. <laughs> I've heard that they're managed- actually quite quiet <laughs> I managed to make it um just 10 minutes late just uh which is but for me that's actually on time so uh yeah it wasn't too bad um but like I'm having to work a lot of uh, sort of weekend nights and weekend late to have my days free in the week because obviously my husband also works in the NHS. Yeah. Um, and at the moment, his shift and his patterns haven't changed too much. So we don't want the kids to go to school if we can help it. I can't believe I'm even saying that because trying to school them has been horrific. Um, so we are, I, we're kind of sort of tag team in childcare at the minute. And so, um, yeah, so everything for me is a little bit on its head. And I don't know yeah. whether I'm coming or going, if I'm honest. Uh, but yeah, well, you know, we, we, we're struggling on through. We're filming some TikToks. It's all, it's all, it's all good. It's all good. You know, we'll keep going. You just keep going one foot in front of the other and it will pass. Yeah. Might, it might pass like a kidney stone, but it will pass, <laughs> won't it? So um, I have, the horses have just been chucked out in a field now i've had them out all the time purely because i don't want to have to keep going and buying bedding and things like that you know i'm just trying to think of my impact on other people around and so they're quite happy with that i am still um riding vince a little bit he's not the sort of horse you can just chuck out and you know bear in mind he was fit very you know he was very fit because he was eventing um and i find that if i just back off when he's that fit that's when his most mischief comes out and he's a bit horrific you know I can't keep him in a field or anything like that so for his own sanity because he, he he loves working yeah so for his own sanity he's just doing though, a little bit I feel like you're doing what like loads of my friends on Facebook have done which is like you're justifying why you're riding so yeah I know yeah like I could justify why I'm riding two out of my three because Manny has got um I don't know if I've ever actually talked about this in the podcast. He's got kissing spine and okay. he's had a lot of damage done pr- like mm. prior to me having him to his ligaments in his back. And basically the right. only thing that's keeping Manny sound is that he's worked properly. Yeah. 
And yeah. if we don't do that, basically the wheels are going to fall off and yeah. that'll pro- you'll probably not come back into work. Belinda's got huge amount of damage to her sinus. Um, mm-hmm. So her sinus doesn't drain itself. It only drains through work, which forces the snot yeah. basically out of her nose. Otherwise, what happens is it backs up, gives her a headache, and then she can't sleep, and then it gives her narcolepsy, and she just passes out at oh random. God, I know. So, like, I actually do have those, but you know what? I'm that's not why I'm riding. Like, I'm going to be honest. Mm. I would be riding either way. I am. Mm. I, I need to ride those two horses, but absolutely not at all why i'm riding i'm riding because no partly ben would probably divorce me if i didn't because i'm a yeah no, i know i would go ride. a bit, bit mental yeah and partly just because i think more kids are admitted to a e on a trampoline than we are riding mm. horses so i just think everyone's got to have a little bit of joy this summer haven't they i know i know the thing is as well i think um if we kind of if the if we knew sort of when the end was or whatever when if they were like say right for definite this is it's the fact that we've got this uncertainty haven't we and it's kind of like oh do you know what I don't know and so I do hear what you're saying and you know um, but for me also um before obviously the lockdown happened um I went for a ride up into the woods uh went up to Thetford Forest and I rode my horse uh, took Vince up there and I had the most wonderful ride and I said to myself do you know what this is so nice because I've almost like reset because all of a sudden I'm riding just for the pure love of riding again. Yeah. I'm not training for something. I'm not worried about how well he's going. I'm not worried about what my next competition is. I wasn't worried about that. I was just enjoying riding again yeah. and being around and being around my horses again without that pressure all the time. You know, and it sort of sounds really crazy because one of mine loses a shoe really, really badly. I kind of feel like a lot of the time I go out to him and he's lost a shoe. And, oh, for fuck's sake, Solo, you've lost another shoe, you know. And now I'm kind of like, oh, if he loses his shoe, it doesn't matter. Yeah. And I think probably for them, I'm probably a much nicer person to be around. Like, oh, yeah. She's really not bothered for that very reason, the fact that I'm not bothered about him losing his shoe. He's kept all of them on because that's what horses do. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, I don't know. I think that, I think spinning it on its head a little bit, it is, for me, there has been positive aspects of it which is this being able to reboot almost my, my love of just being around my horses yeah. and, you know, watching them. I just sit, I love just sitting and watching them in the field. And, you know, so even if you're not riding, there is always that side of it, isn't there? There's always, oh, it's just nice people to be around. And I think when you compete, you sometimes forget that a little bit, don't 100%. you? hundred percent. I always, do. Yeah. Yeah. I'm guilty of that. So. I think in all areas of my life, Ben says, I think I've t- said this before, like Ben calls me a fun sponge because I turn everything into a job. Um, and actually today I rode, um, I rode four of them and uh, I came in and Ben said, how did that go? And usually I'm like, oh, you know, this one did this, this one. And I said, everything mm. I rode today was absolutely amazingly behaved, was like, did mm. really, really good quality work. They yeah. all gave me everything. And I actually don't know if that's because a little bit like you're saying, I was just like, we'll just see how it goes like we've got nothing Mm -hmm. that we've got to be ready for we're just having a bit of fun like yeah just riding for the work with them all so it wasn't kind of like I wasn't doing it wasn't like I was just enjoying a nice hack or something but I think maybe just it's that pressure that you put on yourself 
maybe yeah. I had a bit less of that. And I think the horses, like, they've got to sense that, haven't they? Yeah, absolutely. Because I'm like Aggie absolutely. Annie. They've got to, like, pick that up. Um, yeah. Mind, I have to say, if I probably rode them after I'd done any home education with Henry, I'd probably be a different yeah, person. Yeah, possibly more stressful. Fuck me sideways. How horrific. It's not fun, is it? I've given up. Don't. Oh, I hope none of my t- one of my kids' teachers listen to this. I'm kind of just done with it. I can't. I just. I think to myself, something's going to give, and it'll probably be my bloody heart. I can't yeah. do it. And the worst of it was, the funniest thing was, Isaac. He's quite canny, and he'd be like, "Yeah, yeah, I've gone on the computer to do my work," and he'd draw the curtains behind him because of the glare. Anyway, like probably much everyone else in the in the world, I did go through a spate of cleaning the house because when you've got nothing else to do, that's what you do. And I took the curtains down because I cleaned the curtains down and I washed them. And, I said, and he came, he was like, oh, uh, where are the curtains? And I was like, oh, they're just in the washing machine. So he sat down to do his work. I then realised I could see the reflection of the computer screen on the, on the window that he was sat with his back to. And I was like, oh, I really can't remember Minecraft being part of the GCSE <laughs> curriculum. Um, so basically for four days, he had been um, basically just pulling our leg telling us he was sat working when he wasn't he was playing an online game mine obviously on the days when sam and i both have to go to work they will still go to school yeah um so i'm kind of saying to myself oh well they can catch up a bit there (laughs) (laughs) i'm trying really hard with henry because he's just he's a bit of a free spirit and so i just think he really struggles i think i mean we're so so lucky because there's only five children in his class um that's the benefits of living literally surrounded by fields there's only sheep that go to the school yeah so I kind of thought well this will really benefit him because it's just like one-to-one and I can really take my time and you know give him a bit of a grounding and fucking hell fire like oh my god it's painful it's so painful he's like velcro you can't shake him off he just he never does anything independently like so every single question I'm, I'm I have to like I basically do it. And then I think, well, I, I could have done that worksheet, that year one worksheet myself. Like, and I basically have, but it's taken me six hours. Yeah. So that's quite stressful. I'm not going to lie. And I think home education is not. Have you had, a bit, have you had a bit of a, a stressful day with it today? I think you need a glass of no. wine, girl. Yeah. I've had a day off today. Ben did it today, bless him. Mm. And ben sent me um, a message just saying, this is stressful. This is Honestly, well, we're just doing it with one or two kids. These teachers, like shit, the bear, they're doing it in front of about thirty of the fuckers. Yeah. Uh, there is no what? these are, people are going on about thank the NHS and <laughs> wanting to give us and the N- fucking thank the teachers. Praise yeah. be when they when they go back to school. I am taking whining chocolates. Those, those they oh my god, I'm thinking of starting a petition. They should be getting bankers' wages. Yeah. Those guys shit the bed they work hard i keep saying this how to ben. do they do it like i don't know how she manages with any of the children in the class because all henry does is talk so i don't know i mean i'm guessing that basically no other ch- child is ever allowed to speak because i don't I, I keep saying i think he's gonna lose his voice soon but it's not even croaky yet i mean <laughs> like he, he's like a duracell bunny that kid it, it just doesn't quit like i oh told him story. Um, and then, you know, you say something to your kids and then you wish that you hadn't. So mm-hmm. I said, um, oh, one of the little girls who's in his class, her daddy played an April Fool trick on her and he told her it was school. So she put her school uniform on and then he said, ha ha, tricked you. 
and he said so did she go to school I said well no because it's not open it was a trick and he said so she's still wearing a uniform now and I said well no because it was just a trick so she probably just put a normal clothes on so what's she wearing now well <laughs> probably a normal clothes so why did her daddy tell her that well it was just oh a no and I was like Henry Please. And oh then God. he had a little break there at 10 minutes later. He came back for round two of more <laughs> questions. <laughs> like, Oscar, ah! Oscar repeats himself. I, I always say to him, I go, I don't have Alzheimer's. You don't need to keep repeating <laughs> stuff to me constantly. I think he thinks I'm a bit simple. I really do. Because sometimes when he talks to me, you know, like if you're talking to someone and you use that really slow voice, so you get, yeah. that's how he talks to me. I'm like, you want to wind it in, sweetheart? You're 10. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? so like, and he goes and i can't remember what we did and he's like oh well if you'd listened i would and i'm oh my god do you hear yeah do you hear yourself eating me back and that's how i was I just trying to him. say henry does <sighs> a lot <laughs> and i'm like yep that would be me <laughs> yeah this is what home education has done now my son goes and rolls his eyes excessively. Little shits, aren't they? Yeah. Well, anyway, big up teachers. Yeah, big we... up you teachers. We you really know, I th- I, I'm getting school. a, you know, instead of clap for the NHS, it's a clap for carers. <laughs> I think we should be screaming for school teachers, quite yeah. frankly. Yeah, giving them, because they, they are amazing. It's a wonder and they don't all of... roll into school with hangovers every day, isn't it, really? Because they probably do. <laughs> it would drive anyone to drink. They probably, that's, oh my God, they probably drink at work. I'd yeah. have to. That's why they all have the mugs. Only way I can... <laughs> 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 the only way I could get through it, I think, is uh, I just, they're a, they're a, they are wonderful, wonderful people. Yeah. And now also, the other thing as well that has gone through my mind since I've been trying to do the small bit of homeschooling that I've done with my children is um I kind of think to myself what an arsehole I was at school yeah <laughs> it got and I think god I was what a dick yeah I was such a bellend and I'm like yeah. those poor teachers now I get it yeah. now I get it so I'm so excited to introduce our guest Jenny Winters from Flying Changes Coaching Hi Jenny, could you just tell Hi. us a little bit about what you do? Yes, yeah, so I am, it's a fantastic job title, I came up with it myself, a um, master mindset and performance psychology coach and trainer as well. So I coach and train people, mostly horse riders, that's the kind of the, the people that I work with the most, um, in understanding how their brain is helping them to do really well, or maybe it's getting in their way and hindering them. Um, and helping kind of delve in there and, and, and do what I call hacking their mindset. So, you know, finding the shortcuts to what it is that they want and going in there. And then I also train people as well. So I train horse riders in this um, and I also train coaches in rider psychology as well. Okay, that would be amazing. I'd imagine if you get like a riding trainer who can spot where you're losing it, like my trainer has to cope with my meltdowns on I'd say probably a daily basis I've actually taken to just ringing her now and I kind of use her more as a therapist I think she enjoys that <laughs> I think a lot of that's what a lot of horse trainers are aren't they mostly it's like yeah they counsel you through all sorts of stuff Do you sometimes I say to her I'm gonna get her a turban <laughs> 
Yeah, no, I do find that a lot of them say that, you know, they are therapists, they are counsellors, you know, sometimes they get to get a bit of a riding lesson in if they're lucky kind of thing. Um, because they are, aren't they? Because you get to know them, yeah. you trust, you have to trust them, don't you? You have to trust them to trust what it is they're going to ask you to do because they should be pushing you a little bit out your comfort zone, a little bit. Some of them get that a bit wrong sometimes, but that's not an easy thing to get right. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I get, I do get that, told that a lot and that's what they come along and say, that it's always way more than just riding skills. That would be easy yeah I think it's so important to work out the mindset of the person that you're training because like where tough love might be amazing for some person the next person would be totally demoralized and it would crush to be honest if some if somebody gave me tough love I would probably I would I know I would I would just cry me too so that is a a really (laughs) valid point that is don't be giving me any tough love because uh, I would just get off and I'd be like, I knew it. I, know, I knew I should have I taken him tiddly Yeah, with. but you're right though. You are right though. Some people, they thrive from that, don't they? They, they thrive from a good ass kicking. Yeah. Um, so um, that must be quite an important side of it. I think it's an interesting one, the whole tough love thing, because um, short term, yes, some people do thrive from it. They need to be pushed and what have you. But actually what I've found over the years of doing this is that actually long term, tough love does more damage than it does good because it doesn't actually build trust. It doesn't Mm. actually um, help your brain, weirdly enough, to feel that the person is on your side, is positive. It doesn't actually give you the positivity that you need long term so an occasional mm. tough love is fine so you can have your yeah. tough love coach that you go to occasionally to give you a bit of a butt kicking yeah. but if they're your like um continuous coach they're the ones you see the most the most often and they're giving you constant tough love butt kicking um belittling type of stuff mm. actually no that weirdly enough it doesn't work long time it just eventually grinds you down a little bit and i have to spend a lot of time actually working with riders to undo that kind of int- and it tends to really? be more instruction than coaching yeah yeah for sure yeah that's really important what you said there was it's instruction not coaching that's i think that um i find the psychology side of it, i'm not i don't know anything about it but i find it absolutely fascinating and i think that that is that's sort of key to it isn't it because an instructor shouldn't be telling you, telling you, they should be guiding you. So it's really, like you say, this coaching thing is so important. I've had lessons with very good trainers that I thought at the time. And I've come away, oh yeah, that was a great lesson, great lesson. And then in between the lessons, not being able to replicate it in any way, shape or form. So I kind of hit this high when I've had a lesson and then the days afterwards start going down again. So then of course I book another lesson straight away because I'm thinking, oh, what I need is another lesson to get there. It's basically I'm being instructed. I'm being told what to do at the time, not being guided to improve. So that's a really, really valid point. And it's it's a really key point as to like where in if you look at coaching and instruction nowadays as well. If you speak to anyone who now teaches BHS or UKCC or any of the um, sort of qualifications and things that are out there now, it's all what they call student led which means that they should be guiding you and working with you and helping you to develop and what we call embed the learning which means keep it um, by Mm. giving it to you little bit by little bit to help you out so it sticks and not just standing there and shouting what you need in that moment so that when you then go Mm. away you haven't actually got that to carry on with Um, and that's very much a movement which is why I think rider psychology is becoming something that a lot of coaches want to learn more about because I think it's really like it's been something that's been neglected in horse riding, which is crazy because it is such a draining sport mentally. And, um, mm. you know, you've got to deal with the ups and downs. And I think so many of us are not equipped. And then it 
really impacts our love and our enjoyment of the sport. And so I think it's amazing now that people are realizing this is something that we can do quite easily. And I sometimes think it's hard, isn't it? Because it's a little bit of an investment in yourself. And it's like so many riders will get physio for the horses. They don't get physio for themselves. And then they realize, well, they're crooked. So the physio for the horses is literally a waste of time. And I feel it's exactly the same with psychology in that I wouldn't want to necessarily spend money on my head. I would spend it on training the horse. But then I go to the show, ride him like an absolute lunatic. And I might as well not have bothered. I think it's really important that, that everyone's sort of starting to realize how huge it is in our sport. And that's why when you approached us, we were absolutely over the moon because I think so many people can learn from this. We definitely are really interested <laughs> and need any help. Anything, anything. When I spoke I'm to you on the phone, we kind of talked a little bit about, um, about the situation at the minute, which obviously we can't avoid. And you made me feel really peaceful. I think you're my new therapist. I'd never give me a phone number. <laughs> and and I, so I sort of said, would you be okay with doing an episode on, there's a lot of oh, drama at the minute on horsey social media. And oh, honest to God, the, the t- to ride or not to ride is like the biggest question at the minute. I think people are going to actually come to, well, if they could, be close enough to fight than maybe would but they would have to social distance <laughs> what they need is like what they what someone's going to invent is like you know like a boxing glove yeah, on the on end a of a two meter pole and they're just going to ride up to people and just start hitting each other in the face How jousting. They? Yeah. that is where we're heading pretty much jousting. Jousting Bring it back. but you couldn't because That's... one side would be on a horse and the other side is the not ride so they couldn't be on the horse they could be riding a bike they could be riding oh, the perfect. bike do you know we should we should maybe create this as a new sport anyway that's I think the point off. but i have to say at the moment in time i've had some mute i mean uh, quite a few sort of horsey groups because i can't deal with every day there's an argument Jesus and you're like come Christ. on guys it's, I know, like someone, I know. someone, but I think genuinely quite innocent. She was like, so are we allowed to ride or not? Oh my and God. I literally was like, what have you done? <laughs> and it was like, why doesn't she, why didn't she just put a picture of herself riding in draw range and ask what rug she <laughs> while she's at it? Do you know what I mean? That, exactly. <laughs> like I did a blog post where I said, I think right now, if I turn my horse out in a 450 gram rug in a heat wave, people would be like, at least it's in the field. That's the best place. <laughs> We will completely overlook the fact that it's sweating because you are not riding it. So, yeah. So, Absolutely. Um, what I think we could talk about maybe is how we can stay positive. Because, you know, we've all invested time, money. We've all hoped probably, you know, to have a good summer, maybe competing or even just like enjoying your horse. Obviously, plans have changed a little bit. Yeah. Just, just a smidge. Just, just a tiny bit as we're all <laughs> shut up in our houses. <laughs> so... Yeah, if you could maybe talk about how we can maybe stay positive and... Yeah, so there's a few things. And I think the first thing, really, I'm going to make you feel all peaceful now, if I can. I'll show you my (laughs) lovely, peaceful, hypnotising type voice now. No, um, I think the thing to Don't don't do that. I've had a gin, I'll be asleep, love. (laughs) (laughs) Well, gin's obviously a prerequisite to any of the coaching. You do realise that, don't you? You Oh, my God, yeah, I'm in. I'm in. (laughs) 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 <laughs> <laughs> I might get a gin company to sponsor me I think oh um, that'd be amazing 
but yeah, no, in all seriousness, um, I think the thing to, to firstly realize is that it, it is temporary. I know it mm. doesn't feel like it's temporary at the moment because, well, firstly, the reason that it's very hard to see that it's temporary at the moment is because um, there's actual psychology around waiting times and Disney are very good at this. So if you ever go to a Disney park or actually any theme park, right? And this is an analogy I love using at the moment. You think about, um, you see the ride that you really want to go on and it says, oh, it's going to be an hour's wait. But you know it's going to be an hour's wait. So you decide you're going to get in the queue and wait for an hour and you deal with it because you know it's going to be an hour's wait. And Disney are very good at kind of giving you like chipmunks to watch as you go around or whatever along the way and, you know, things to listen to and, and stuff like that. Right. So they make it a known way. Note to self, then... maybe we should get them to uh, have this podcast, maybe. Yeah, yeah, I think so. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we're very Disney friendly. <laughs> you don't know, you don't know, they may branch out. But yeah, so they're very good at, at um, helping because a known weight you can deal with. So you know how long it's going to be, you can kind of set yourself up and deal with it. The reason that it's a, a bit more difficult at the moment for people is it is not a known weight. Now I know we've been told three weeks, or we were told three weeks, now I think we're almost halfway. Um, but I think the reality is that we know it's, it's probably going to be longer than that. Um, they just kind of did that to lighten the blow, perhaps. So we'll see. Um, but the point about it is it's temporary. So if you think about a time you've been on a holiday for two weeks, it always feels like it's over in a flash and a distant memory all too soon. And I think that's mm. the thing with this is to realize that it might seem because it's so totally different to anything anyone has ever mm. experienced before it seems like kind of a bit like everlasting and like, you know, mm. like we're all outdoorsy people as well. And like you say, mm. we're to stay indoors and I can't even see my horse. My horse is oh, on full no. livery. And literally the moment that the announcement came out at half past eight at night at nine o'clock, we had a message from the yard saying, that's it. You can't come up. So we, <gasps> oh. we couldn't even prep. So, yeah. I mean, you know, like I'm okay with it. Cause it luckily well, I know how to do something about all this, you know? Yeah. But, well, this was one of the things I came out with, I, I surprised myself yesterday actually there was a girl um on twitter and she was saying that she felt very she was just like, look i'm really low i'm really really low and i tried to help <laughs> in my in my crash way and i came out with something and and, and, and actually after this, i thought fuck carla that was actually really quite good and i said to her what we are all doing at this point is we're grieving yeah we're grieving exactly for the doing. year that we thought we had so if and when you grieve you go through all times. Some days, what well, you're feeling incredibly motivated and whatever, and then some days you struggle to get dressed. But if you were actually grieving somebody, everyone would be be kind to yourself, be kind to yourself. But for some reason, because this is going on, we're not actually allowing ourselves to be kind to ourselves. We're like, no, you must be motivated, painting your house, mowing your lawn, and that's exactly so, it. Yeah, and actually, it's really interesting you say that because literally the next day I posted on my Facebook page, Flying Changes Coaching, about grief because that is exactly yeah. what we are going through right now because grief basically is just a feeling of not just but it is a feeling of loss mm. it's it's mm. mourning for something that's no longer there now we all know hopefully well it is going to come back at some point isn't it like this isn't forever um but we don't know when so we're mourning it and, and the stages of grief and, and they're not in any particular order but they are denial anger yeah um they are um when you try acceptance. and negotiate yeah acceptance negotiate comes acceptance, last yeah. normally yeah so negotiate. <laughs> and then and there's another stage to it which off the top of my head i can't particularly remember but you go through all these different stages of it but they but they don't go in order they go in they come in waves so you'll have one then another yeah. yeah 
and and then and sometimes you can get to acceptance and it's all fine and then another one kind of fires off again because something else has done what we call trigger you yeah. which means hit another emotional wound at some point in time so the question you know, about this, how whenever do you stay- i talk through these phases i'm always reminded of the friends episode yes. Have you ever seen the one where he had the, he had the jogging pants on under his trousers and then yeah, something happens and he rips off it and he's got the jogging pants on underneath. Do you remember that? Yeah. And it yeah. literally is what happens, isn't it? You think, oh, look, she's got to have her jogging pants today. She's got a jumpers on. But I have got my, you would have bet your ass, I have got my dressing gown ready to put back on <laughs> should something yeah. go wrong. And <laughs> that's it. And, and it's about just allowing yourself to have those feelings. So what actually helps these things process a lot quicker is having them. What slows down any kind of emotional process is trying to stop it because it's got mm. to happen. And it's got to happen yeah. in whatever way it is for you. And the people around you, if they're trying to stop you, be angry, or they're trying to stop you negotiating, or they're going to tr- try and stop you doing some of these things, then that is when actually you're going to slow that process down. So now I'm not saying we all need to get around being angry, which is what we were talking about earlier about <laughs> trolling and being nasty to people and things. But that, but it's coming out in people because they are angry about yeah. the situation. They are grieving their freedom and it is coming out as anger. And so then there's loads of other people trying to placate them and trying to kind of go, hey, don't worry, it'll be all right. You know, do what you want to do. But I think ultimately, you know, there's, there's one thing which is this is temporary. It will all be over. It will be a distant memory and we will be the grandparents going, oh, well, you don't know anything because we're we had covid <laughs> yeah, we, had to we were all locked in our houses for three yeah. weeks you don't know anything we didn't we had netflix we didn't have any of this stuff you lot have got now you know we couldn't actually be in each other's living rooms yeah, virtually. Got, look at you going to the park you don't yeah, know you're that's born it. exactly yeah you know teleportation and holograms weren't even invented in those days you know, so, oh, yeah. brilliant um, but it will be us, won't it? It'll be like, you know, this is a bit like mm. a war. You know, we've got to rally around. We've got to help each other. We've got to be positive. Yeah. But I think the other thing is just a bit of acceptance here, which is that everyone is processing in a different way. You know, some people really feel a loss of control right now because they aren't in control of anything. And that is bringing out nasty, fearful behavior in people. They are trying to control stuff. And one of the ways to control is to go out there and tell everyone else they're hideous. How dare they be doing stuff to try and control yeah. their actions. That that's going on at the moment so you know to realize just be compassionate that people are behaving the way they are because of whatever coping mechanism they have in a difficult situation is just going to come out now they won't even realize yeah. it they won't know what to do about it unless they get some help. You know what I, and that's I find my coping mechanism in. appears to be making ridiculous tiktok videos <laughs> <laughs> Well, yours is clearly laughter and, and yeah, you know, your coping yeah. is what we call The thing is, I, because I work in the health service and I've, oh, I've, I've, I've worked there for 20 years, that old gallows humour, which is, mm. we know it's there in the health Dark. service. So, and it does happen, you know, it is a coping strategy which you learn very, very quickly yes. because, you know, I am surrounded by illness and death and things a lot of my working week and very very sad things happen around me so whilst I do not laugh at someone else's misfortune like that like you say I've developed this coping strategy for me which is let's be a bit of a joker so actually my I probably work through my phases of stages of grief a little bit quicker and where do you know what let's get to you whatever and just start trying to make yourself laugh so if no one else laughs at what I'm doing I'm enjoying doing it and it's making me laugh. And so that's what it is. And, and the, the lobster suit, which Katie absolutely loves, gets to come out a little bit more regularly. Today, we've had a, we had a brilliant one last week where I dressed myself in a dingy horse feed bag and paraded around to a RuPaul's soundtrack. 
thing it was a thing of beauty if i'm honest it definitely, it was, definitely brings out the crazy in some people these kind of situations yeah and i think <laughs> so that's really really interesting point and and there is another thing katie and i were talking a little bit earlier and we were saying that one of the things that's come to light for me is actually i i'm frontline so i have mm. to go in so it's i've got children as well so if i'm anxious it's not particularly healthy for them and what you said before about this is temporary it is temporary and one of the things I've always thought to myself is I don't want my kids to look back on these years as them as their childhood and think god that was a really horrible time mummy mm. and daddy were so anxious and scared and worried because my husband and I we are anxious you know we are frontline we are facing these these poorly patients every single day um I don't want them to think about that so I'm kind of even almost upping my ridiculousness because what I'm kind of thinking to myself is I want them to have memories of the future going, yeah, yeah, we, we couldn't leave our house for a while. But also, do you remember that summer when we ran around our fields with hobby horses pretending we were running the Grand National? What about that time when my mum just didn't seem to take her lobster suit off? So that's kind of a little bit why I've probably processed things a little bit quicker than perhaps somebody else has, you know, because I've got kids and also because I've got my wonderful Galoshima from... And like we said... Makes you quite resilient. ...have probably both realised that we are quite antisocial, which I think you wouldn't think because we do a podcast. Yeah. So that's kind of a little bit strange, but... I think our actual term was, we are antisocial fuckers. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like I was just telling Carla that sometimes now when people try and do that house party thing, I'm like, I didn't speak to you before. I don't need to speak to you now. I'm isolating. I need to speak to less people, not more. Like, I've deleted house party. I'm fed up with it. All these people trying to speak to me, stop speaking to me. So, obviously, for me, it hasn't really changed my life. I just said to Carla that I left the house to go two minutes down the road today for the first time in two weeks. My life here is kind of other than the fact that Henry is having my life. He is pretending that he's never been educated yet. So that's miserable. But other than that, yeah, like, but I think it's, mm. it is so true about the stages because at mm. first I was like, no, no, well, it's not going to happen. I'm still actually going to Morris for the three day. Whatever happens after that's fine, but I am going to Morris. And then like, yeah. so we've got, I think there's like seven frontline NHS workers in our very close family and they were kind of like uh, it's unlikely and I was like no 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 I don't think you understand I am going to Morris that is <laughs> happened for me and they had to sort of try as much as they could but and then I think I'm kind of such a control freak so then my next thing has probably just been to go on to like right okay I need a new situation that I can cope so I've kind of I've written show jumping off. I've like been as if I've not even done that. I'm just, I'm forgetting show jumping and being like, okay, new plan is going to be something else. And then I feel like, oh, I can, I can cope. I can't, I just don't even think about show jumping anymore because it's, I don't want to kind of go, oh, well, I might go out next month. Oh, it might be the month. I can't cope with that. So I've just gone mm. like next year. That's fine. Yeah. And that's the thing about, um, so control is actually a basic human need. Like we need to feel we're in control, not of everything, but that we have some semblance of control and that has been taken away from us at the moment. But here's the cool part is that we still have complete control over two things if we want to. And what you've just described there is one of them. And there is a caveat here because I know you guys are going to pick up on this. <laughs> if you know how, okay. Okay. 
control your mind and your body. I just sort of get that in quickly before there was some kind of quite, you know, comment made about controlling your own body. But you know, yeah, if you know how to control your mind and your body, they're the two things that you can control. You have to know how you have to know the tools and techniques, just like any kind of skill. But you can't control anything else. You literally can't. You might think you control your like partners, your husbands, your kids. Oh you no, can't. I know for a fact I can't control yeah. any of them. <laughs> no, <laughs> and you can't even control your horse. You're influenced. No, I was just thinking when you said oh, there's two things you can control. I was thinking he hasn't seen me on a cross country course. Obviously, no, <laughs> definitely not horse. And even then, your mind is sometimes doing things to you that you are not yeah. in control of because it is it, it's driven by emotion. It's not driven by logic. But oh. we can we can use clever tools and techniques to override that stuff like for instance the need for control if if you're feeling like you're out of control because everything has been taken away from you like choice wise one of the things that you can do is exactly what you said Katie which is to um, just stop reset and make a plan about the things that you can do something about so I can't even go and see my horse right so there's certainly no chance of me thinking about what I'm going to go and do when we can compete again, how I'm going to train, what I'm going to do. Like he's on full livery though. So he's on basically competition livery now. He's being fully worked. I'm actually a little bit concerned that unless I keep up the yoga and the Zumba, <laughs> that when I go to get back on him again, I know no you chance of like this fit beast. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, but what that is exactly what I can do right now. I can control what I'm doing, what I'm thinking, what I'm doing with my body, what I'm feeding myself, what I'm doing from an exercise perspective, making sure I'm getting out of the bow. Oh, no, this, this is going down a way, dog. this is going down a path that my okay, current diet, <laughs> whatever, is not happy with. Okay. But it like, will make a difference to you because now you can, you see, that's something you can control. But if you need yeah. control, that, you know, that's why, mm. yeah, without going yeah. down the rabbit hole of, food and um eating disorders but that is that normally comes no about yeah 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 needs control you know they need control mm. so that's one thing they can control is what they actually put in they the can control their fitness at the end of the day yes you, they, they've you got a control. well they've got some control over that because that's yes. they, there's lots of workouts you can do at home yeah you know you can maybe eat tube <laughs> if you can get hold of healthy food mm. <laughs> you can eat some healthier food so yeah i do hear what you're yeah. saying so that's that's a really positive step that people can take which is going to help them when they were able to get back on so yeah. yeah exactly so you know what can you control right now you can stop and you can replan and if you if you know the idea of i'm not even going to think about show jumping because i can't do anything about it right now perfect actually that's, that's pointless mm. it's so far out of your control right now don't even give it any energy like you know what exactly is happening to my horse right now is actually out of my control they can be doing whatever they want quite frankly i totally trust that they are doing yeah what they say they are however i can't do anything about it even if they're not so i have to just let that go um and think about what is within my realm of control within my own home which is essentially walking the dog going out for occasional food and doing a shed load of stuff in my business on my business for people yeah podcasting, da, 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 yeah, da, yeah 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 awesome so, yeah. and so do you ever because i'm so guilty of this say somebody actually there's two things i want to ask one would be when people judge you how do you cope with that because riders I think have huge problems with that because I think we so Mm. desperately care about our horses and we want the best for them we want to do the best it's a bit like the mum judge guilt thing and then I think it's so difficult because the more you allow the judgment of others to impact on you at a show it can then become hugely overwhelming and then the other thing I wanted to ask you is there's so much on social media how can you but how do you move past something? I don't know if there's something that say particularly gets your goat, like the rug thing is 
honestly, it's like someone's shoving bamboo up my fingernails. I really, it makes, even talking about it actually makes me a little bit irate. <laughs> I really struggle to scroll past those posts without saying, ah, how do you not do that? Okay. So I'm going to answer the second one first. first okay. okay. Yeah. Because <laughs> I remember you that You can do question. what you want. I'm just fascinated with this. <laughs> okay. So the question is, how do I um, ignore the stuff that really winds me up on social yeah. media? Okay. Well, yeah. here's the thing with this is that it winds you up because it's what we call triggering something. So what it's doing is it's sticking something into an emotional wound for you, right? There is something that really annoys you about it because it is impacting you because it's hitting something really important to you, right? Okay. This is what we call your values. And these come about because of experiences we've had in life or things we've been taught when we were growing up, or normally values come from something that we didn't have when we were growing up that we're desperate to get. Um, and, and so we, we create behaviors and things around them to make sure we're getting that, right? Okay. So whatever this is triggering in you, and we're not going to go into a therapy session, but whatever this is <laughs> triggering in you, it is. I'm really so intrigued as to why rugging heads would be really triggering Katie. <laughs> Katie, did you not have any rugs when you were a kid for your pony? Is that why it's as obviously related as that? the old Robinson's catalogue and <laughs> no, beautiful rugs. I mean, actually, now, now when people start talking no, about yeah. rugs, you get all triggered by it. it. Her mum never put a coat, make, that's what it was. It does, kind that does make sense to me, actually. Uh-huh. The there you go, that was the knowing look that we just got then. Yeah. Okay, so without going into that, but it's, so it's triggering something in you, it's annoying you because there's something about it that's annoying you. And yeah. so what you need to do is firstly realise that that's all that's happening. It's just yeah. hitting on something that's important to you. You can't do anything about it. You can't stop people posting about it. You can try. You can go out there and troll them all, but it's not going to happen. Yeah. And that's why people troll for a start. That's why yeah. they do Well, there's that, there's that cartoon that always makes me laugh. And my husband shares it to me quite a lot of the time because I do get involved in discussions. And it's like someone saying, darling, are you coming to bed? And they're on their computer and they say, no, I'm arguing with, an, with a complete stranger on the internet. That is what happens, isn't it? So It is. Yeah, it really is. And the reason you do it is because you've got a belief and they've got a belief. Yeah. And you're both right. Yeah. So you're never going to change each other's beliefs. You're just going to argue. And that's, that's when it, so they've got a belief about rugging. You've got a different belief about rugging and it doesn't matter what you say to them. In fact, if you argue with them, they will then strengthen that belief because here's the really cool part is if you tell someone they're wrong, they have, their brain has to go off and find all the evidence for why they're yeah. right because it's really important to them in that moment. That belief is doing something for them. So it's not going to just let go of it and go, oh God, do you know what? I'm really sorry. You're totally right. Oh yeah. I'm not even going to argue anymore. That doesn't happen, does it? No, never. So firstly, realize it's triggered you. That's the first thing. Okay. Secondly, pause or just scroll by. Okay, that's the best one. Just keep scrolling. You have the ability to... Or, yeah, or I scroll by and then I go, your just going to go down. back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'll just check that. Yeah, yeah. Turn off the notification or hide it or anything like that, right? Just to get rid of it. But also, when you're triggered emotionally, it sets off what we call a state, which is a way of being and feeling. And that's mm-hmm. physical and emotional feeling. It will probably get the heart rate up and get you a bit angry. Yeah, it does. Yeah. yeah. yeah like, yes, yes. <laughs> we were like, yeah. And the yeah. problem is as well, Jenny, you're talking to um, possibly, like, obviously I'm an eventer, Katie's a jumper. So we kind of almost thrive off, because that's basically what yeah. we do. We, we yeah. love that feeling of adrenaline, which is why we've Yeah, like, I don't mind pick, a good argument. It? Like, So that's yeah. why we're probably, we're probably looking for these arguments. <laughs> it's like, get that. I can't ride, so I'm yeah. going to 
get, I'm going to kick on with, I'm going to argue with idiots on the internet. And, and that's probably day, a, bit a low point when this woman was kicking off about two people riding past her house. She said that her husband had gone out and like verbally abused them. And then the next day they'd ridden past again. So they'd both gone out to verbally abuse. And I was like, for God's sake, it's not like she licked your face, is it? And Ben said, but you didn't write that though, did you? And I said, well, I did. And he was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> where's the high road? I was like, oh, I don't know, I can Hello, take yeah. that. I drove straight past the high road. So that's a perfect example of something we call a secondary gain, which is when we do something that we'd rather not admit to, although you have just admitted to it, but when we do something that we go, oh, that wasn't good, was it? Or, oh dear, you know, I shouldn't be doing this. Or you don't want to be doing it, right? A behavior that you don't really like very much, but you can't really stop yourself doing it for some reason. It's got what we call a secondary gain. And what that means is the behavior itself you might not like, but you're getting something from it. So yeah. maybe you are getting the adrenaline that you want to get from arguing with people. Yeah. Maybe that is some part of your secondary gain. Is exactly that. It's like, well, I'm not getting it any other way. Where am I going to get this adrenaline rush from? It's going to go and argue with people. Because there's no eventing. I'm like, well, if I can't go into a start box and feel that fear, I'm going to proper kick off on that horsey bit. Right, I'm so I'm warning. You know. I'm warning I'm you very, all, until I can show jump, no rug posts. <laughs> <laughs> if your horses are out in the snow with no rugs on, I don't want to know about it, okay? Yeah, yeah, I'm hearing you with that, actually, if I'm honest. Yeah, I've actually, I, to be fair, maybe I've taken the mature approach and I, I said right back at the start, I've hidden a lot of these groups they're yeah. the groups that I usually quite enjoy but I've hidden them because I'm kind of thinking oh I can't be doing with this crap today no I've no got you've got to think of my own dealing with so exactly and you've got to think you've got a, you've got a certain amount of energy haven't you really yeah um what do you want to actually put that energy into do you want to TikToks. actually expand that <laughs> well there you go exactly <laughs> so you want to put your energy into TikToks then there's no point in putting your energy into arguing with people on Facebook because that's going to take away the TikTok energy, right? Yeah. So that's just pointless. That's a waste. You know, like you could so yeah. be using that more constructively, clearly, on TikTok. But yeah, no, you've got to... <laughs> um... I mean, there is an argument there calling it constructive, but, you know. But that's really fascinating, that, though. I really think that. And I think that I'm really pleased, actually, we've covered that because that's something we can take forward, not just now, but we're going through yeah, these very no. turbulent times, but something in the future. That's why I like, the thing I, I found it's really beneficial to have not just riding help. I just need all round help. Yeah, <laughs> just, just general. Help. Just, we, we, this is only, this, this is the thing. I'm just going to say I may walk away from this thinking I've been an utter arsehole for a very very long time up <laughs> to this point, doing everything wrong. I have to admit though, I did the, a, a little discussion started today on, on a, a, a friend's page about it to do with China market food markets and stuff, and actually at one point I got involved there was a bit of an argument kicking off and I did take a deep breath I, mu I must before I knew these moves were going on and I actually thought what would help here I think is if I almost I don't know, attempted to show that I saw the other person's point of view so I almost I, I, I at one point I used I used things like I'm really sorry if my first post came across as this I understand what you're trying to say but and that almost calmed it down a little bit and then we were able and actually at the end of it there was sort of love hearts flying around and it was all quite nice you know because actually the gist of it was we the reason we were both being passionate was we both believed in the same thing we were just trying to come from it from two different standpoints so you were arguing is, yeah. about you were arguing while you agreed well, we started off <laughs> arguing and then I realised it was all getting a little bit and it was on somebody else's page. And I think the fact that it, the fact that it was on a friend's Facebook page 
made me a little bit I've gone and put them in this really awkward position here so I sort of took took a deep breath of it and thought maybe if I tried to see their point of view a bit more so I apologized for how I'd put across a post which I'm a big believer in a a, a heartfelt apology can do a lot of good so I kind of went with that so yeah and that's a really key point is that actually um another technique that we give another tool and tip is firstly um yeah do breathe like that makes a really big difference so you know when I was saying that you end up in a state Mm. and your adrenaline's up and all those things well the next bit that I was going to say after that was you need to change that state otherwise you're going to stay in it and then when you're in that state especially a big adrenaline I want to have an argue with someone type state you're funnily enough going to be posting more stuff and getting more annoyed oh and another thing and another thing so the first thing is to realize then just take a moment pause and literally close your eyes and just take a few really deep breaths and just say in this moment I'm fine like I don't need this it's perfectly okay they're right I'm right it's all fine and just get a bit zen for a moment because you have you've got to really take some big deep breaths walk away count to 10 that's where that even came from you know and just change your body state and sometimes that could mean literally move so if you're sat like this and you're angry so if you're sat yeah. in a closed position and you're angry and, and you're crunched up around a phone and thing stand up put your hands in the air wave them around a minute or two go get the lobster costume whatever it is you need to do but change that state and what that does is it will change the adrenaline or whatever's going on in your body it will change it around for you so you feel a lot better about it then you can be a bit zen and then you can go and write what you wrote there which is you know actually do you know we're both right we're just coming at this from a different angle because the reason we all get so passionate about this and the reason we are all being passionate about stuff is because we care actually mm. Actually, you know, we care about our horses. We care about each other. We do actually care about the NHS and, you know, the strain on it. Mm. That's why we're all arguing about it. It's just one person's got one way in it and another person's got another. Yeah. And also, I think as well, this fact that, um, and I've been guilty of this. I I, um, came up with something the other day and I was like, I was struggling a little bit because I was seeing these people and I got a little bit resentful of them, if I'm honest, because I've made this decision. Yes, at the moment, I hold my hands up. <laughs> They're going to come for me. I'm still riding. Uh, my horse is a nightmare. He will jump out of a field. He'll do what he needs to do. So I am doing some low-level stuff just to keep his mind a little bit occupied. And I work frontline, so so shoot me. Anyway, um, but I was getting almost resentful because I kept seeing some posts from somebody who was training, training quite hard, almost as if they're expecting eventing because they were an inventor to start imminently and there was like yeah i'm gonna I, and it was almost i got resentful because i felt like they were almost like bragging yeah when eventing starts i'm going to be x y ahead of everyone else that's taking this time out and so i was like so it's making so i commented like i don't understand why these people are training like eventing is going to start and but then you know, i suppose I'm, if you think of what jenny was just saying that's probably what they need to do for their mental state. That's their, exactly like, it. I, I hadn't thought about that. They, they were just in, they were in their bargaining stage, aren't they? Yeah. They're in their, well, if I keep training, I'm going to be, you know, event is going to start again soon. I'm going to be ready. I'm doing the best I can in this situation to, to make it positive. They're just trying to make the situation there in positive. So actually for me now, I can see that whilst I was resentful what they were doing, I can see why they're doing it. Yeah and so thank you for that jenny and that's it isn't it's just everything anyone is ever doing is driven by what are called their values which are things that are important to them so if for them you know it's really important that 
they keep ready to go out again an event or you know and if you've got fit eventing horses you can't just like yeah. chuck them out in a field can you they're going to be more dangerous yeah that was the situation i was in with vince yeah, yeah. because was, and I think and he'll just jump out of field so exactly and then you're gonna have more problems and then you're gonna put yeah. strain on the vets as well who have got to come out yeah. and deal with things and stuff so I think the real key to this and the, the message that I keep just kind of quietly putting across because I'm not going to get ragey about this because that's kind of contradictory is just everyone's doing the best they can they are making their decision based on their circumstances their situation mm. their knowledge of what's going on their horse their whatever it is and provided they're not doing something that's unnecessarily putting someone else at definite risk, it's yeah. up to them. You know, leave yeah. them in. Just, yeah. just be nice. Be kind, people. Yeah, <laughs> that, is the, that is the big thing, isn't it? And, you know, and I think the problem is that we've seen, you know, two weeks, well, more than two weeks ago, but say a month ago, it was all be kind, be kind, be kind. And then all of a sudden it kicked off and we started witnessing all sorts of shit going on. Quite, you know, the toilet rolls, the pasta, you know, and we were like, well, what happened to be kind? When did that turn into, I'm going to look after myself, mate, fuck you. Do you know what I mean? And, and that was, it is. And, and, and I think there's a little bit of that rolling over a little bit. And I think that's why there's been so many arguments and stuff on these Facebook groups and things like that, because we're all just, well, and we're all just reeling a little bit, aren't we? Like we said, this is unprecedented times. And, yeah. and sadly, you know, pandemics, they don't come with a handbook. You know, we might be able to model through doing something we've never done before when we've got clear instructions, but at the moment we haven't, we don't even know when it's going to end. So, you know, like you say, it's, I think it's kindness is key, isn't it? It always is. Yeah. And it's not Disney. So, um, could you just give us a quick talk about how you would help riders with judgment fears? Uh, I feel yeah. like you're helping us with all areas of our life. I'm, I am literally <laughs> going to ring you nightly. I'm so, I'm so in for this now. Yeah. <laughs> I think the, the key thing, so I, I will answer the judgment fears piece as well, but the, the key thing before I forget to say it before that is that you're entirely right although this stuff i work with horse riders my my training my qualifications are in applied psychology for humans like yeah. this is this is stuff well, look, because we are horse human. riders are human <laughs> we are a little bit odd yeah, yeah, yeah incredibly odd there is that yeah. definitely a different kind of breed um but basically anything that i talk about that we do people apply to all areas of the life so yeah, as much yeah. as i hate the phrase life coaching because i just think it's I just personally don't like the phrase because yeah. um, I'm not quite sure what it says, but there we go. Um, it is. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It is it's <laughs> understanding your human behaviors. But the reason that people come to me and, you know, if we're on a six month package, we start off with the horse rider. We very quickly go on to other things because that's what it's yeah. really about is because yeah. this is your human behaviors coming out in something you actually care about, which is your horse riding, which is why you bother to come to me. Otherwise you just leave it be and just be a bit like however it is. Cause it doesn't really affect you that much, but because you care about your horses, you care about your competition, you care about improving, you care about that side of things. Um, and ultimately you don't want to be the horrid tense one that's getting stressy with your horse or the people around you or things like that. So actually it's got an impact to it. So you go, mm, do you know what? I think I ought to fix this now. That's why yeah. you come to me. So it is life skills. It's exactly what it is. Okay. So judgment. Oh, my favorite. Okay. So my favorite, <laughs> favorite little saying is comparison is the thief of joy. Um, mm. And judgment very rarely is actually said to you. Very rarely. Can you actually think of a time when someone has directly said something judgmental to you? And I don't mean on Facebook. 
because they're behind yeah. a keyboard. They are maybe yeah. a bit more likely to say it, possibly, especially at the moment, they might do. But yeah. generally, a lot of the judgment that we feel under is not actually judgment from other people. It's what we think they think. Yeah, yeah. definitely. It's what we call a mind read. So we think we know what they're thinking, therefore we act accordingly. And the, the technical name for that is something called projection, which is that when we're worried about something, we project that onto others and say that they're behaving a certain way when actually they're not. We're just mm -hmm. feeling like they are because of our own problem or insecurity. Yeah. So your judgment really is your judgment of yourself. So the way to overcome it is actually to just, I'm, just gonna, I'm not going to give you the really like hippie answer, but to love yourself, but to just be more compassionate to yourself, give yourself a bit of slack, understand everything is learning. You're not going to get it right all the time. You know, it, it's developing what we call a growth mindset really helps you with judgment because when yeah. you start to realize that actually you're not being judged by others. And even if you are sort of like, whatever. Yeah. You know, they aren't in your situation. It's just what I said earlier, isn't it? They aren't in your situation. They don't know mm. what you've done to get where you're getting to. They may yeah. have seen you on social media, but that is your edited version of your yeah. world. And, and equally, their edited version <laughs> of their world. My uh, social media is fairly not particularly Probably not edited. edited. Yeah. <laughs> in any way, shape or form. But, but I mean, you know. you know, I don't post warts and all on Facebook. I mean, gee, no one really again, needs to... Again, something okay. maybe I should learn to do. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're probably not fearful of judgment then, clearly. Because if you're not editing it at I all, do, it's I like, oh, I whatever. am a little bit. But, but, and I, I am incredibly frightened of judgment. And... But it's almost like I get in there first. I was just about to say, like, well, you're going to judge me for this. You're going to judge me for this. So I'm going to tell you how shit I was anyway. Yeah. You know, um, so that's, yeah. kind, of, that's I mean, kind of where I'm at. That's definitely one mechanism. And actually, you know, mm. the, there's sort of, there's, there's possibly some bits that aren't quite ideal about that. But actually, yeah. you know, I'm not, again, <laughs> quite I'm a lot, getting but, into a personal yeah. therapy session right now. But, you know, no, um, okay. that is one way that people deal with it is to like say, well, I'll get in there first before you yeah. get a chance to. Um, so yeah, so firstly to realize that you're only ever seeing people's edited versions of stuff for a start, that there is no way you can compare yourself because unless you've been brought up by this, so unless you're a twin that was brought up by the same parents, had the same access to the same horses, to the same riding, to the same instructors, to the same resources, the same amount of time, the same training, the same yard, the same, you can't compare yourself like there's just no chance. Um, yeah. and you know, what we call the growth mindset, which is like a real key word at the moment, fixed or growth mindset. But what it really means is yeah, just no, understanding. It mm, it's, a, it's a real kind of buzz thing at the moment. Yeah. Um, but it's the understanding that everything is learning and yeah. that you're always going to learn from stuff. So even if someone is judgmental and does say something to you, what's the lesson you're going to learn from that? What is that going to teach you? What's it all about? And when you start having this mindset of, okay, I'm going to be looking for the learning and things. I'm going to grow and develop from everything. I'm happy to fail fast and get the feedback and that sort of mindset. You're going to get to places far quicker because the judgment is then irrelevant. It's just like, well, do you know what? It's going to happen. And then yeah. another piece to add to this, and I love what we call, this is called reframing, which means thinking of something a different way, which is a really good thing to be doing at the moment, guys. If you can reframe stuff like we were talking about earlier about like, hey, I've got more time than ever now. I can do all this learning. It's fantastic. That's reframing what could be a negative into a positive is to reframe the haters and the trolls as people that are threatened by you or want something or are jealous. Because if you can then think, oh, someone's jealous of me. Oh, that's cool. That means I've got something to be jealous of. That's quite nice. Like if they didn't give any 
monkeys about yeah. anything they're not they're not going to yeah. come and do that are they so when you start getting trolls and you start getting haters and you'll probably get some as a result of a podcast sometimes great you're successful well done good because yeah. someone's jealous yeah or they want something you've got great thanks very much guys you know i i relish i actually i actually had trolls. an incident i had an incident not long ago where somebody was incredibly vile to me i came from nowhere and i wasn't expecting it and absolutely what they said to me absolutely destroyed me i mean i messaged casey about it and i was like i don't know how i can pick myself up from this this is really it was really below the belt and it was really really vile and actually somebody said something to me which really resonated with was they all they deserve from you is pity because to be in such a bad place where you have to tear down someone else like that that must be such a horrible place to be and you should feel sorry for them and actually, as soon as I thought of it like that, I thought, oh, my God, I actually do feel sorry for them because I could not imagine wanting to inflict that amount of hurt and pain on someone. So for them to do that to me, I was like, do you know what? You, you poor person, you know, and so that that isn't like you say, embrace the haters almost. And that was another way I looked at it. It was like, God, you must be in a bad place. Yeah. So. And, you know, interesting enough, um, I started my business seven years ago. That's when I left my big corporate job and set up doing this. And halfway into my first year, the person who had the biggest market share at that point in time in what I called myself at that point, which was confidence coaching back then, actually Mm -hmm. started private messaging me, telling me, how dare I? What did I think I was doing? I wasn't qualified to be doing it, which was nonsense. I was. Um, Yeah. This like being utterly vile to me and that yeah. hurt like that really yeah. hurt I wasn't entirely confident with what I was doing myself which is quite ironic as a confidence yeah yeah you know, I, I hadn't got confident in my business no, I, no. I hadn't reached a level where I felt I was an expert there was a lot of imposter syndrome going on and this person was doing this and it was only when someone turned around to me and said well they're threatened aren't they that I thought what, yeah. what are you on about and she said well there's why would they put their energy especially when they're supposed to be a confidence coach that's the funniest thing ever yeah. to try and belittle you and stop you doing what you're doing if they're not threatened by the fact you must be doing something good then or they're or they're not confident themselves in what they're doing why on earth would they do that and I thought oh that's key and then last year yeah they closed their business so ah there we go they don't even exist Man, anymore. who's so laughing now lot, it? <laughs> mm. and that's just it isn't it and I think I think that's such a crucial point and I actually love that the, the fact is if somebody is spending the time and the energy in hating you like you say you've got something they want and that that's a lot of what people hate is when you've got something they want like I said before I felt resentful of these people that are still training as if eventing is going to start because I want to be doing that I want to be although I felt like the decision I'd I'd made was right seeing them I was kind of saying oh god maybe maybe my decision was wrong maybe maybe my choices were wrong and so you say you know it would have been very easy for me to have turned that into like a little bit of hating and whatever but I was jealous at the end of the day. I was jealous and I was resentful of what they were doing. So. And actually, you're probably Very. slightly further on in the kind of dealing with it than yeah. they are. And so really, they've got the shit bit to come, you know, the bit where they're going to be like, actually, that was a bit of a waste of time. You know, you know something, I, 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 the only reason I know that I'm probably on with it is because we knew being in the health service, this was coming. Mm-hmm. We knew that this was coming. We were being, we have been preempted from this for this for a very very long time this was coming and what the situation was going to be I guess I have had that, that small advantage yeah. is that an advantage longer to stress about it almost but yeah yeah so but does that help Katie and you kind of thinking how can I help yeah that me? helps 
like it all helps so much and I can really yeah, see yeah. how how it will change how I think probably and it will I think maybe calm me down a little bit I do get quite inflamed quite quickly um so yeah I definitely think I can use it I'm so excited so what I was going to say guys is Jenny has agreed to join us for next episode as well where we're going to talk more about um sort of specifics for horse riding but I just felt like when I spoke to her that she could really help me and she definitely has um, and I think yeah. it's interesting when you've just said it's not just a riding thing it is kind of your personality is going to show in all areas so it you won't be able to just fix it on a horse it's going to have to be kind of a, a complete thing where you maybe learn to simmer down a little bit in my case <laughs> maybe just take a chill pill um, so yeah, so just before we go, I just wanted to see if you wanted to share anything because I know that you've got a podcast um, called oh. is it Hack, Hack Your Mindset. Hack Your Mindset, yes. Hack Your Mindset <sighs> podcast. It's new. Yeah, I was just about to get into the podcasting game myself a few weeks ago and then suddenly everything that I could have distracted myself with in order to not start podcasting got taken away. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. yeah, I love interviewing people and finding out about their mindset. And at the moment, the podcasts are um, people I've been working with for a long time. So we're doing it with them first. So they're riders all the way up to kind of five-star eventers, down to your kind of grassroots amateur people and stuff like that. So we're discussing anything that's kind of relevant to them and mindset stuff with them. So you can hear kind of what we've been working on over the last few years and their idea and hints and tips and things. And then going forward, it's also going to include some um, pro-celeb type riders. Can't possibly say who. K.E. K.E. Kind of regretted this a little bit now. She's gonna, she's gonna absolutely smash it, and we're here just now. Nah, that it sounds but it'll amazing. Be, it'll be all mindset related, so yeah, we can chat yeah, to them about how they got I'll it. definitely be listening to that. I yeah, think everyone should do, and I think oh, it better be it sounds good fantastic. <laughs> no, yeah. I'm sure, I, I'm sure it will. And like I said, I, I can't wait to listen to it myself. So, have you got any episodes out already? Yep, there's uh, two, and then um, they, can't wait. Sort of Facebook, Instagram. What are you yep. on those? Yes, I am. I've got um, Riviera PR. Um, she's fantastic. So she does my social for me, um, and she's picked that up in the last year because she's one of my girls who used to be full time in a job, and I may have helped coach her into leaving that and setting up her <laughs> business. <That's> fantastic. <laughs> do that quite a lot be warned um well it's about just doing what it is that you want to do in life isn't it so mm. I kind of I end up working a lot with people and get them to do that so but yes so I have got Facebook page which is flying changes coaching um I've got a group which is called the dream it do it love it lounge and there's a lot of stuff <gasps> that it used to be my paid membership group but I have opened it up at the moment to anyone that wants to come in and join that group obviously oh, but yeah, that's where the live Q&As and lots of little live bits and pieces go. And you can have my ear in there and things as well. And then Instagram is Flying Changes Coach. Because letters in coaching. So. <laughs> I mean, if anybody wanted to, to get in touch with you and get some help, it's an amazing time, isn't it? Because we can't Perfect. spend the money on riding lessons we can't spend the money on shows you know so it's something we're being where, forced to invest in ourselves which is something where something which wants, we which a lot of riders don't think about doing we can't even spend it on physio for ourselves like literally the only yeah. thing you can work on really right now is working on your mindset which i think would be a really really beneficial thing because you feel then like you're not sitting doing nothing 
you're doing yeah. something that's going to make next season better than this season so yep. well, to be honest with you anything's going to beat this season i'm thinking of my inventors <laughs> haven't had one <laughs> sorry hey my season so far i think you'll find this season's going to take some beating because uh, I think you'll find my average dressage score for this season oh was a sub-30. <laughs> is, that the, is that the one test you managed to go and do, Bernie Charles? Absolutely. But she doesn't let go well about it. She never about mentions it. Positives. To be honest <laughs> with you, I hardly ever mention it, Jenny. I really? hardly ever mention it. <laughs> the listeners will be amazed to hear that Carla did a 28 dressage. They'll be like, oh my God, she should have said something she, about that. Why didn't she tell us sooner? <laughs> <laughs> I think someone yeah. actually counted it from the last podcast and I think it was something like 12 times I mentioned Oh, we've got you a few more in this time. <laughs> My game wasn't even 20. Yeah, this time yet. Don't worry, this time yet. <laughs> and right. that is exactly another example of how you reframe something into a positive. <laughs> yes. Is, well, to be honest, that's really an example of how Carla can shoehorn the 28 dress <laughs> in the conversation. <laughs> There's people that I work with that don't even know what a 28 dressage has any implication. But when they introduce me, they probably pretty much say, now this is Carla, she got a 28 dressage. They've got tears rolling down their face and people are going to be like, oh my God, is it hard being in the NHS? And they'll be like, no, no, we just can't bear any more talk of Vincent's last dressage test. <laughs> Please God, make it stop. Make a mask soundproof. I know. <laughs> <laughs> that was a step too far <laughs> no i did mention it once or twice at work as well don't worry um but yeah no there's loads of conspiracy theories going around at the moment and one of them is that um coaches that do anything to do with mindset or bodies at the moment are um were the ones that released the virus because we're oh the ones I, i've got that I've, are, you know i've actually got a theory on it because right Think about the people, well, the things that are enjoying this so much, right? My dogs. Dogs. The humans are home all the time. They're getting all these walks. Like, this did virus you see that sausage dogs. dog that sprained its tail because it was wagging its tail so much? Because its owners were home it's, all Yeah, because its mum and dad were at home so much. My dogs are loving life at the moment. Yeah. I mean, we made I, them do some show jumping over some toilet roll yesterday, but, you know, apart from that. Stop showing I've got a toilet um, roll. I've I've got a nut, yeah. I've got a nine. Well, the worrying part is she's obviously used it all. But um, <laughs> I've got a nine-month-old Sproodle, Springer oh, Poodle. I mean, crazy. oh my god, like, what were you yeah. thinking? <laughs> I'm not entirely sure. Well, it was okay because we have like this really outdoorsy lifestyle. <laughs> yeah. At that point, you were like, "Yeah, this is going to be fine." But he's loving it because he gets a, a walk with me in the morning, and he gets a walk with his dad in the evening, and then the yeah. rest of the time he's just sort of lazing around like with us at home. So. To be honest, one of our dogs, dog. she's a little rescue and um, she's absolutely fine with me and the kids. But she hates my husband, but she hates anybody else that's not in her pack. She's tiny. She's a little French bulldog cross something. We're not sure what. Um, and everyone's like, oh, isn't she cute? Which she then tries to rip off their arm. And so basically we were saying that so, poor Nora has been practicing social distancing since we got her. She's like, don't you come up here. Yeah. So, like, we, so we've, we've got an Amazon delivery man and he's too scared to come up to the house if she's out. So he's actually got my mobile number and he phones me and he's like, can I come? Is little dog out? And I'm like, no, little dog's away. You can come up the house. So yeah, it's, um, yeah. So Nora's been protecting us from this virus for months. She's doing, She's doing like, a great see, job. You see now you're thanking <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> they're learning but they've got it now <laughs> all right so um i think that's so um we will chat to you again for next episode thank you thank so you. so much yeah thank you jenny thank you so much thank you that was possibly the most fun i've had on a podcast ever <laughs> <Good>. <laughs> All right, so we're going to do our wanker of the week before we finish for this week. So I've kind of got two really little ones, but then I found one that I'd written on my phone because sometimes when something funny happens, I'll write it in mm. the notes and I forgot. So I'm going to tell you it, but um, my first one is for the 10 millionth time, I have washed my iPhone headphones. I am going through iPhone headphones at a phenomenal rate. It's Why do you keep doing it? Well, <laughs> who knows? But what was worse the other day was I was saying to Ben, I've lost my headphones and I've only ever got one pair because obviously I keep washing them. Mm. So I was like, I've, I've lost them. And he said, you haven't washed them again, have you? And I was like, no, I haven't washed them. And he was like, well, they'll be in a coat pocket somewhere. And I kept saying they're not. And I was like, someone's taken them. And he was like, oh, so you think someone's come to steal your iPhone headphones? Yeah. And then we were going to bed about three nights later and I was like, oh, shit. I hate to do that, yeah. There, and he said, where's your hoodie? And I was like, in the washing machine. He was like, oh, oh no. That, and the other thing I keep doing, which is really fucking stupid, is, you know the facial recognition thing on your iPhone? Yeah. Well, I wear a snood when I go for a hack. It's not going to recognise it, is it? And I'm adamant that my iPhone, <laughs> I keep like, I going, do, I do. When I've, well, at the moment, obviously, we're wearing a lot of masks yeah. and stuff like that. And I'm like holding it. I'm like, come on, yes. it's me. You can tell it's me. I've just got a mask on. <laughs> yeah, but then the one that I'd um, written and forgotten to say was um, I was taking Henry to swimming. Obviously, this is all pre-disaster. Um, and it was pitch black when I was driving him home. And I, I'm a bit dozy. And I couldn't get my um, full beans to stay on because... I'd sort of come out the town and we were driving on some country roads and I couldn't see these full beans. They just wouldn't stay on. So I was like, okay, right. The best thing to do is I'll hold them on with my finger. Mm -hmm. And then when a car comes towards me, I'll just let them go. Mm -hmm. So I did that. And it was only when I was quite close to home. So I'd probably driven like half an hour like this. That I was like, ah, the reason they won't stay on is because I've knocked my lights off automatic with my knee when I've got in the car. So basically I was driving with no lights or full beams. So the cars that were approaching must have been like ninja car. Oh my God, she's blinded me. Now she's ninja again. Oh my God. I know. What level of stupidity is that? I had to admit that to Benny was just like, you terrify me. You genuinely scared. That's quite scary, isn't it? Yeah. So I was, when I read it, I was like, oh, I forgot to say that. That was such a good one, of the week. That was quite a good one. That was a good one. <laughs> um, my one is, um, I can't, me and my husband equal. Okay. Um, basically, obviously, we can't get our hair cut. No one can get the hair cut, can they? So my husband, quickly, forward thinking, ordered a clipper set so that we could clip hair, do their hair. And none of us, I mean, I've clipped horses previously, but obviously I haven't done it for a while. So anyway, he said, oh, yeah, yeah, we'll have a go. How hard can it be? Now, Oscar is, he's one of those kids. He's quite like, he takes how he looks quite seriously. You know, he's quite into his fashion and stuff like that. And he likes his hair to look nice. And I don't know what possessed this child. And someone who wants to go first. 
And Oscar went, I will, and sat down in his chair. And now any normal person, when they were cutting someone's head, they would start at the back, at the bottom, wouldn't they? So they could see what the sort of cut was like. No. My bell end of a husband went right at the front and just shaved off, like, all of Oscar's hair, like, at the front. Like, oh, my God. It was horrific. It was absolutely horrific. And Oscar was just like... We, we absolutely lost it laughing because it was quite funny. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. So we were like screaming with laughter. And Oscar's going, what is it? What is it? Oh, no, no, it'll be fine. It's fine. <laughs> so anyway, basically, Sam just hacked all this hair off. At least and no one's going to see him. Well, he's got to still go to school occasionally, hasn't he? So anyway, Oscar's yeah, like, what does, it, what does it look like? What's it look like? We were like, it's um, short. <laughs> and then we kind of lost it again. Anyway, he stood up, looked in the mirror, and he stood there, and he just looked in this mirror with an absolutely horrified look on his face, and then he screamed, look at my forehead! <laughs> and that was it. We, we just couldn't cope. We could not cope with it. it was... Anyway, because then we laughed, he went off to his bedroom, and he cried in his bedroom. Oh. And he was just crying. I just, I just want my hair back. I just want my hair back. Oh. There's nothing we can do. We can't stick it back on, can we? You've just got to deal with it. It will grow back. I just want my hair back. Why would he do this to me? And so we had this completely hysterical outbreak about his hair. So anyway, fast forward. Oh, the worst of it is he then cut Isaac's hair afterwards. And obviously because he's practiced on Oscar, he did a really good job of Isaac's oh, hair. Isaac that hair. would be worse. I know. And Isaac keeps calling Oscar Baldy. Um, so they keep fighting about Oscar's hair. So my husband gets his nomination for that. Then it came to, and his hair was getting a little bit out of control, as were his eyebrows. Um, so I said I would cut his hair, and I did. I used these different clippers and different grades and stuff, and I created, had he been having a hunter clip, a beautiful kind of saddle patch, lovely crisp line. He basically looked like he just had a toothpaste stuck on the top of his head. It was just like this slight circle of hair, and well. So he looked at me and said, like, what the fuck have you done? I was like, go and have a shower. I thought you <laughs> were going to say, go and show Oscar because it'll cheer him up. <laughs> <laughs> well, Oscar was laughing at this. And I said, go and have a shower. It might make it better when you wash it. He said, oh, the fuck is washing it going to make it better? Is it going to stick hair back on? I said, no, it'll be all right. I'll just go and wash it. It'll just, like, smooth out the lines. It won't be, the lines won't be so crisp. Um, I don't know if I was trying to convince myself or him at that point. Um, he had a shower, he come back, looked exactly the same. <laughs> oh, Shocking. It was just quite a horrific experience. I was like, what do I do? I was like, he's actually one of our friends is a hairdresser. I was like, well, I might get her, like FaceTime her and see if she can talk me through how to like, anyway, I looked up a YouTube video yeah. and um, YouTube, as it often does, came to the rescue and I was able to blend in this beautiful saddle patch of his clip, of his hunter clip. And actually it looks all right now. It looks good. So I think he'll let me do it again. Oh, I'll quickly. I, mean, I think he's probably hoping it's not. I'll quickly tell you the story about um, I used to cut Henry's hair. So I YouTubed it and I bought the professional hairdressing scissors, you know, the super, super, super sharp ones. Yeah. Good to go. And I cut it for a good long while. It was when he was quite little because I didn't want anyone yeah. like, you know, it was all lovely blonde curls and I didn't want it to. So yeah. He was sat on the kitchen table. This was like, he was four. I was trimming his hair and it was nearly tea time and I'd made his tea and he suddenly, I like leant back, you know, to look and check it was even. 
and he launched himself off the table to get his dinner for reasons mm. known best to Henry and landed on the open scissors. Like in his... Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, my God. So he ended up having to get plastic surgeon to stitch up oh. his knee. So he's got like a big scar. So <laughs> that was the end of me cutting hair. So I Maybe I should tell Oscar, I should tell Oscar about ill. that. I think you think you should be lucky. You just got no hair, mate. I know. And obviously, like when I went to hospital, it was like child protection. So I was like interviewed yeah. extensively as to why I'd like tried to sever off my son's leg at the knee. Yeah. So yeah, like now his hair's getting really long and I'm like, oh, I just don't think I can face cutting his hair again. Like it would oh, be better now though, won't he? Well, he said to me the day because I said, Hen, your hair's getting long. He said, it's okay, mummy. Just don't make any tea and it'll probably be okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, bless him. <laughs> Bloody trauma. Bless him. Has he got Ben's hair? Because Ben's hair's really curly, isn't it? Yeah. It's, like we've both got thick quite wavy hair so Henry's actually Ben's is more than wavy yeah Ben's is quite curly Henry's has actually got straighter (laughs) now but I I went Uh, to first school with Ben Ben had poker straight hair and then like how did it I I literally don't know what happened then it suddenly it's like he's had a perm (laughs) (laughs) but mine was the same I had like absolutely poker straight hair when i was at school How weird. and now my i think it's the stress of living with each other maybe yeah possibly possibly so um we've got a really good wanker of the week sent in from nicola she said firstly thank you for the podcast it keeps me entertained when i'm doing yet more groundwork what is riding i also bought a horse box one week before lockdown However, as it is a very rare three and a half turn with room for my pony and the inevitable extra pony and my four-wheeler carriage, it was an absolutely necessary purchase. Anyway. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. We went to collect my horse box with my dad dropping us off and my boyfriend drove it to another farm so my dad could collect a tractor. I'm now driving, following my boyfriend in a pickup. As it's a horse box, a windy day in an unfamiliar vehicle, I'm cruising down the dual carriageway at about 50, listening to Radio 4. This is the only thing that worked on the radio. Then my boyfriend indicates to turn into a petrol station. I hate petrol stations in the car. Narrow, difficult difficult to park places. So as you can imagine, in the horse box, I am not pleased. So as Mm -hmm. I'm following him, I'm swearing, mouthing off to him and to myself. And then when I hit what I think is the curb... I realize I'm stuck. My boyfriend gets out the pickup and starts waving his arms for me to back up. And I then hear crunching. I get out and see that I have wedged my horse box over a boulder. So like a rational (gasps) human being, I squeal, cry and scream at my boyfriend asking, what the fuck were you doing going to a petrol station? Oh my God. To which he replies, well, you were driving slow, so I thought that I would check you okay. Me, I can drive a fucking horse box, and if I wasn't okay, why would parking in a petrol station help? He did agree that this was a valid point. So he goes to try and manoeuvre the horse box off the boulder whilst I stand and cry. He freed the horse box, and there is only a cosmetic dent, and I blame him entirely for the incident. Not me who was driving and mouthing off so much that I didn't notice the boulder. Maybe if you sent me a frilly, I could disguise the dent. <laughs> Possibly, most definitely. And to make her feel better, I will tell her the story of the infamous Ely Bridge 
I owned Fern and the Volkswagen for nine years. And when I bought him, when I got him, he was my first horse box. And I was so proud of him. I mean, he was still old when I got him, but I was still proud of him. And I was going to Ely Equestrian, Ely Eventing Centre schooling with some friends. One of them I'd never met before. I don't know if you know Ely, but there's a bridge in Ely. It's an infamous bridge because it's very low, but it's quite a deceptive bridge. You drive down to it. But people are aware of this being a low bridge and there's flashing lights and there's warning signs all the way up to it. So anyway, I rock up to this bridge. I'm following my sat-nav. It sends me up to the bridge, not the pass over. Because obviously it thinks I'm driving a car. Yeah. So I pull up and I see that and I pull it and I think, I don't think I'm going to make this. <laughs> and then I've got all this queue of traffic behind me. A person behind me starts like going like this. So I think they're telling me, go on, go on, you can go through. So I've got a horse in the back go, and I heard this. And I literally just peeled the roof off my new horse box. And then obviously I was then wedged with a horse box. So anyway, um, this bloke that was behind me jumped out. He's like, oh my God, I was trying to tell you not to do it. I was trying to say, I was saying, stop, stop. You're not going to make it. So this bloke who was an absolute hero, I was in bits, I was crying. He reversed me up, reversed, he got the horse box out, um, sorted the, the back out with the horse on. Um, and I had to then turn around and phone my friend up, spoke to this complete stranger. I'm crying, snotting everything, going, I've just hit Ely Bridge. And it was absolutely horrific. And then I had to drive home with this luckily see my, my Vernon was a bit rare so there was the cab and then there was a bit of living and then there was the horse box so I literally just peeled the roof off the living bit so the cab was safe and the horse box bit was safe so I drove it back and I was like fuck I've now got to tell my husband because I'd only had the horse box six weeks I was like now I've got to tell him that I've done this to this horse box that he's just bought me um and yeah it was a very horrifically stressed so to get away with a bit of cosmetic de- a cosmetic scrape she did well because yeah. i i basically turned my horse box into a convertible um and to this day bear in mind sometimes i really hate my friends nine years later every so often a, a photo pop like i say this bridge is not anymore there's actually uh, this bridge was quite infamous and lorries were always getting stuck and every single time a lorry got stuck under it <laughs> <laughs> or, you know, like a picture on Facebook will pop up of a lorry stuck under a bridge. All my bastard friends would tag me in it. I'm like, come on, guys. It was 11 years ago. Let it go now. Let it fucking go. But, yeah. <laughs> so, Actually, yeah. It that makes you feel any better. My granny was honestly a legend. And she bought me a whole little horse box. that, And she would drive it and she would go mm-hmm. places. Well, I'm saying it was little, but it was like, I think it was like a six six and a half ton or something like that it was like it wasn't quite a seven and a half ton I don't think but it was it wasn't like a little lorry and for her she's quite a nervous driver it it was literally just it was the kindest thing anyway I got knocked out when I was um cross-country schooling and mm-hmm. but I was like I'm fine I'm fine I don't want to go to hospital don't want to go to hospital got the studs out the pony and put him back in but then I was kind of like drifting in and out of consciousness my granny's also terrified yeah. horses so anyway it was like a weird lorry. So it was the cab, then the horses, and then the living at the back. So you couldn't like access the living yeah. when you were in the cab. So um, I'm lying in the back with my friend and I was really not well. And I just heard this most, like, the most almighty, like, doom, 
And I said, what was that? And my friend was like, I don't mm. know, but we've stopped moving. We, we didn't start moving. So I said, can you go and see what's happened? She opened the door, stuck her head out. And like my granny, obviously my friend didn't tell me this at the time, but my granny had impaled the lorry on a bridge, literally just driven like straight at the bridge. And like, <laughs> not like, not stuck on the top, like literally just driven it into a wall. And oh my God. then I just started to panic because she is a panicker. And so when Alice stuck her head out and said, Mary, what's going on? My granny just said, oh, just don't tell her anything. Just close the door. <laughs> and it just flagged down some man and was like, help me get this lorry off this bridge. So, yeah, I think so clearly there's a, there's a theme here. So you're not the only one. And it was really wise of you to blame your boyfriend. I think 10 out of 10 for that. Thinking on your feet. Yeah, 100%. She, I love the fact that she blamed him for that. So <laughs> she wait, there, there can be no other winner. No. For the fact and we that have also, to give her a frizzle. Hide the dent. Yeah, and also for the fact that we've had our therapy about our horse box sessions. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think my grandma's ever so amazing. Over, actually. She reminds me of it a lot. All right. So we hope you've enjoyed this episode and it's given you a bit of a cheer up. Everyone needs a cheer up at the minute. So we will speak to you next time where we're going to be joined again by Jenny. Please check out her, her social media and see how she can maybe help you. And please keep sharing and sending us your questions and stories and leaving us lots of five-star reviews, please. Thank you so much. For please listening. do. Please. Thank you. Bye. Bye.